0: What's up everybody, this is Max Cavalera, Cavalera's Conspiracy, here listen to Focus on Metal. Stay true, stay heavy, valeo.
1: Hey Metalheads, welcome to yet another episode of Focus on Metal. Scott Thompson here along with... Richie. Yep, and uh, as you might have seen on our Facebook and Twitter posts, Richie made it back successfully from the Palladium and uh, hanging out and uh, checking out Testament, Overkill and Flotsam and one more. Forearm. Forearm.
2: Who had never heard of. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so, uh, so, how was it?
2: Oh, it was a good show. Yeah. Packed. Um, I got there when Forearm were, were playing. Yeah. And about seven o'clock. So th- they'd already played half their set. They probably only had four or five tracks. Yeah. Um, just straight up trash metal band from Australia. Awesome. And uh, yeah, it sounded pretty good. It went down well. And um, the Flotsman and came on. Now I've only got one album, but yeah. uh, No Place for Disgrace. Okay. And they played two tracks off that, so I knew those two songs. Yeah. And uh, they were very good as well. Uh, they played one new song sounded pretty good
1: yeah that the i I've, I've heard a little bit of the new album Ugly Noise only because they're also they just uh they just signed with one of the labels we work with okay so i was able to hear a little bit of it and it ah, blew me away i yeah. was like i and the last couple of flotsam didn't they really haven't done much for me and i heard this one and it was like holy crap but they also they've got um Two other original members are back in the band, yeah, too. Yeah, they,
2: they got the drummer back. Yep, one, and one of the, two, the guitar the red, players. The two guitar players. Yeah. Um, they did four to five original yeah. guys. And the bass player goes by the name of Seven. And I was like, oh, come on, guys. You're, <laughs> you're nearly 50 at this stage, you know. <laughs> Seven. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But any, anyways, it, yeah. It's, it's a,
1: I'm looking forward to, to hearing all the new album.
2: Yeah, so am I, actually, yeah. yeah. And then um, Overkill came on. And um, the one the one thing I couldn't believe, I'd never seen Overkill before, D.D. Uh, D. Verney, the bass player, tiny. Yeah. He's tiny, and he, but he hops around the stage, and uh, they, they were very good, and I didn't realise at the time that they'd cancelled the gig the night before in New Jersey, uh-huh. which is where, you know, that's where they're from. Yeah. So that would have been a, have been a big gig for them. And... Uh, Bobby kept leaving the stage every time there was any sort of instrumental passage in the song. And then he'd run back on to sing and then he'd leave again and run back on. And I thought it was kind of odd. And, um, you know, then he was, you know, he said at one stage that he was dying up here and then he was the guys were giving him grief about the Red Sox and the Browns being that he's from New Jersey, and, sure. and I thought maybe that's why he's getting all the grief from the people down in the front, yeah, and uh, then I find out the next day that he canceled the rest of the tour due to illness, yeah and but he didn't sound off yeah vocally, like he sounded on on in top form, and he put on a great show, yeah, um, then he played six or seven tracks though yeah so maybe yeah. their set was cut short i don't know maybe I haven't, I haven't looked at the uh the set list they've been playing on the other shows yeah and then testament came on and i was dying to see testament play a headline show yeah uh because i put in the review i have on the blog that they co-headline with anthrax who closed the show the last time so testament run before them yeah and um the testament were fantastic yeah uh chuck billy yeah, he had problems with his voice, so maybe obviously the end of, end of the tour. Yeah, there's bugs going around and maybe, vo- you yeah. know vocal problems and what have you. But he sounded very off in the first couple of songs, and uh I was kind of thinking, oh, I don't know, this is not going down very well. And but he was upfront about it yeah. after two or three tracks. I could have cancelled, I didn't want to cancel, you know, I want to keep going with the tour and the crowd were right behind him and he got better as the show went on and uh, the set list was something else. Yeah. Um. Old, like I loved The, the Gathering, uh-huh. the album they released in the late 90s with Dave Lombardo mm-hmm. and they played three songs off that. Yeah. Now they had Gene doing drums still, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. oh, what a monster player. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolute monster player. Yeah. Uh. One thing I would say, they only played one track off Dark Roots, which is Rise Up. Really? Yeah, they only played that with the opening track, and that was it. Wow! They played like three or f- three or four from the, the Legacy, okay, and three or four from the New Order, one from Practice, Um three from the Gathering. Nothing from the Ritual or Low, hmm. um, and then they played a three or four, I think, from uh, Formation. Okay. And that was basically it, and uh, no encore. Yeah. They just played their set. And I think, to be honest with you, I think Chuck's voice had gone at, sure. at that stage. Yeah. But, um, f- oh, fantastic night. Good, great sound as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, just a great night. It was like 28 bucks for, for that. And, uh, it was well worth the money. Sure. Well, way better than paying 75 bucks for man. Well, that, <laughs> well, that, that puts it in perspective, <laughs> you know, vocal problems aside and everything, but yeah. like it's a, Real old venue. It's not the best venue in the world. The yeah. sound in it isn't too bad. Yeah. And um, the one thing um, that that amazed me when I went in there, and I, I mentioned this once or twice on a previous podcast, the merch boot at yeah. this gig was something else. They had—I've never seen as many T-shirts. They had three different people for, each, for one person for each band on the merch boot yeah so if you went to the wrong person on the merch boot you got moved down the line oh the testament girl is over there and if you went to the flotsam girl and you're looking for a testament t-shirt you had to go back in the line and go up to the other girl Uh, i I, I, yeah i'd never seen it before i've never seen that like that and uh they were selling autograph stuff they were selling autograph drum uh drum heads drumsticks posters Hoodies, you name it, CDs, like, I think the new Flotsam CD was on sale at the merch booth and it was, ah. they said it wasn't even out till April. Yeah. Um, so you could have picked that up there. You could have, you could have spent a lot of money. Yeah. I think and a lot of people did spend a lot of money, but um, no, great night. Really glad I went now. Yeah. You know, glad didn't snow either. So. Yeah. <laughs> and that's,
1: I'm, that's the thing too, is I guess that's one of the cool things about, about metal too, right? Is you could go to a show, a bunch of bands, people maybe are having a little bit of voice problems but they just still go out there and just like just do it yeah and it's you know what I mean it's yeah. and it's and everyone just kind of accepts it I think it's pretty cool that that you know people aren't like oh geez you know geez Chuck had a bad night you know mm-hmm. they suck and you know what was he's you know can't do it anymore or whatever want to just
2: well, gets into he, it, yeah. But if he come, if he's upfront at the start yeah. and says it, and he he keeps going, there's nothing worse than a guy like that having vocal problems and he says nothing, yeah, for the whole concert, and then right. you find out the next day or something. Just say it, like we're, we're not gonna kill the guy, yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the, then the and the band as well put in a great performance around him because they knew he was struggling, yeah. And like they, you know, they sang a bit more maybe than they normally would the back and vocals and all yeah. that. And yeah. it didn't really detract from the show. That that much. Yeah. Um, it was just great to see him, to be honest, and uh, just a just a fantastic night.
1: I mean, absolutely. I mean, probably one of the worst things is you try to do a, a gig and your voice is gone. I like, yeah. just, it's the shittiest feeling. It really is. I can yeah. remember you know doing that and you know getting there and and my voice was toast, and then to find out that the other singer, his voice was toast too, <laughs> and it was like, oh crap! Now we now we're really screwed. Where we you know we thought it could have. Could have bolstered each other up and it was like nope no chance. That's just it's jamming. <laughs> it sucked. It was just like trying to croak through it and it was a miserable night. Yeah. yeah, it really was. Glad you had a had a had a good show. And hopefully it's nothing serious with you know, with uh, with Bobby.
2: I wouldn't know? I wouldn't think so. I think it's just a lot of dates. Yeah, a I just amount of time. You know, you get
1: worried, I mean, after going to see, you know, Like going to see Heaven and Hell on that last tour and Dio's out there and he's doing great. And Mm -hmm. then you find out the guy's like has some serious, serious health problems and you wouldn't know it. Yeah. And he had a great voice. He put on a great show just like he had the last time I saw him and and just to be like, You you're kidding me, really? Like he was, you know, feeling that bad before and, you know, after and you just just didn't know it. (laughs) Just amazing. So it is it's it is amazing what some of these guys do go out there and, and do. So yeah, but that's cool. All right, I think it's uh I think it's time for the track of the week. <laughs> This week's track of the week comes to us from a Band of True Metal Survivors. That would be Brooklyn's own Cold Steel. And of course, Cold Steel has just put out their first release in 20 years. And it's titled America Idol. And uh, that's on Stormspell Records. If you want to pick that up, you know, you'll hear this track and go, Holy crap, I've got to have that. Then you can uh, definitely go up to uh, focusonmetal.net. And there is a big-ass, giant uh, banner ad up there. And you can click on that, and that will put you right through to their website. Or you could just go to coldsteelny.com and uh, and pick up the album. And any of you guys who have been following us on the blog or on Twitter know that we've really been promoting the hell out of the band and the release over the last few months. So obviously a very good choice for a track of the week, especially now that the album is finally out. And uh, definitely once you hear this track, you are going to be like, holy crap, these guys why haven't I heard of them before? And of course, for a lot of people, you guys have heard of Cold Steel. I mean, Cold Steel kicked off, I think, back in like 1986. And, uh, you know, they were basically part of the New York scene. Just just an amazing band. They've gone through a lot of different lineup changes, had some deaths, the whole thing. Just uh, some, a lot of unfortunate things that happened to them along the way. But uh, just like I said, a, a really a, a band of survivors. They were part of the metal scene up until about 1993. And at that point, they just kind of decided... Yeah, we're not getting along. Let's let's just stop. But uh, they're, they're back. The new album sounds absolutely amazing, like you're going to hear in just a few seconds, as soon as I shut my yap. And uh, like I said, if you want to find out about them? Again, you can head up to FocusOnMetal.net, click on the big-ass Cold Steel banner, bring you right over to their website. Or you can go to ColdSteelNY.com. And, of course, if you're really liking this, also, you know, give them a like on Facebook. And that's Facebook.com slash NY. Hell, let's just roll this one. This is going to be some really nice, cool, old-school sounding thrash for you. So, from their new release, America Idol, this is Cold Steel, and the song is called Blood Secrets. So, uh, oh, I just had a little bit of a Chuck Billy moment there. <laughs> the voice just decided to shit the bed, but all right. So, um, we've done a couple of these episodes we're going to do tonight, and they've always gotten some good reviews. People asking us to do yet another one, and so tonight's the night we're doing Saxon Volume Three. And no, there's no album Saxon Volume Three, but this will just be our third in this series of. of kind of doing a critical look back at the Saxon catalog, and obviously you know, we did the first four classic ones, and then we did the series up to Destiny, and uh, we left off there, and we had a shitload of emails and and stuff, posts and everything of people really liking that and wondering when the next one was going to be done, so um, tonight's the night. Tonight's the night. We venture forth into some more Saxon, and of course, it's pretty cool that we're doing it tonight, that uh, actually wanted into my mailbox today from the uh from the label was uh was my copy of of it my promo copy so um haven't yet listened to it but i thought that was pretty cool that kind of popped in the mailbox today so i'm looking for uh looking forward to hearing that before i uh go and buy whatever exclusive
2: copy i bought a buy of it the one of the six versions Uh, i'm
1: i'm I'm seriously leaning towards the uh, the hoodie one. The hoodie one, yes. <laughs> the link isn't up yet. Oh <laughs> you have looked. I've looked. I I looked an hour ago. I shit oh, you God. not. Uh, the description <laughs> is up now. Mm-hmm. It did, wasn't up the other day, but uh, now that now that part of that page is finally filled in with the description. And there's two versions of it. There's a regular version of it, and then there's a deluxe version of it. Oh
2: God! What's the deluxe version, um, God? What's the deluxe? Hand? Here's it's an hoodie. Oh, the deluxe version <laughs> also has, it's
1: only 50 of them available, but it also includes uh, a belt buckle that looks like the cover of Sacrifice.
2: Okay. Sounds nice. <laughs>
1: Hey, just figure I need to put a little bit of an aside in here just in case there's a little bit of confusion and a lot of uh, like, what the fuck is going on here? Last week when I was talking about, you know, doing this show and I talked about the new album being really awesome and having listened to it and all of that. And then, of course, this week I'm saying that I haven't heard it. And that just has to do with the recording schedule and how we do things. And that, you know, I just happened to really I was recording last week's kind of interstitial stuff kind of the day before I actually did. Putting all of this together But the main body Of this podcast Had already been recorded By me and Richie Earlier in the week So between us Recording this one And me doing the parts On last week's thing That uh, you know I actually did get a chance To uh, revel in the new Saxon And like I said It is good And also Just so you guys know Is you know We talk about the links Not being up for the uh, The D2C Direct to consumer version Of the new album And at this point now When this podcast is running It is absolutely up there And in fact At this point It is is uh it has been released in a few regions of the world as well although you know in the u.s we're we'll still waiting until the march 26th release but uh in europe of course it was the march 1st release and off the uk it's march 5th so a little bit of wait for us in the u.s but everywhere else in the world uh you know good on you that you're uh probably when you're hearing this you're already also heard some new saxon and like i said it is great and, and i've got two words andy sneep i mean the guy is such a great producer and and you know look at all the stuff he's done with Megadeth and everybody else. So there you go. Saxon plus Andy Sneap equals just some metal goodness. So now that I've kind of just re kind of reset everyone's minds and they're not going what the hell are these guys talking about? Let's go and uh, return back to the conversation in progress with me and Richie on Saxon. I really think I'm going to end up getting that one from England. I just think that that's you know why not. It's it's pretty cool. But uh yeah, so Tonight we are gonna hit pretty much the early nineties, early to mid nineties, with solid ball, forever free, and dogs of war. And so I'll, I'll I'll let Richie start off.
2: Right, solid ball. Um average ball of rock is what I call it. Yeah. Um Uh You wondered what the band would do after Destiny. Uh which way they'd go. Mm-hmm. Um Obviously, they've taken a major hit commercially with that, and, sure. and critically. Yeah. Uh, so, they obviously gathered together and said, right, which way are we going to go? Uh, we can either keep going the same route that we're doing mm-hmm. with the keyboards and the commercial kind of yeah. stuff, or we can try and toughen up the sound. Um, one of the things about this is that uh, they're not on EMI anymore. Right. So, obviously, the label said, it's your fault and not... You know that we basically—it's uh, your own your fault that everything was screwed up. Yeah, it's the, la- the label basically washing their hands of the band. Yep, and uh, which I thought was a bit unfair because they tried to do God knows what to them over the three or four albums before. Yeah,
1: but I think I mean I think EMI has always been—they're—they're they're old school. I mean they're—you yeah. know what I mean? They just are. So uh, I just I but but. um. Yeah, I mean, to them, I'm like thinking, "Well, you're stupid that you dropped them," but
2: yeah, it was probably the best thing for them. I think so. Yeah, you know, I, I think so, and yeah, I have to agree with you there. No. Um, first thing, album cover is not great. I think this you know, you're you're dealing with probably a, a smaller budget. Um,
1: yeah. Well, but, yeah, I think the the front cover is kind of underwhelming. Yeah. Uh, the back cover, when you first look at it, is like, "Oh, that's pretty cool." With oh. kind of the meteor and
2: all that, yeah, and, I, and, got, I got that on the inside of the. And, and, and the then car. you,
1: but then you kind of look at it and you kind of look at the the little building part and go, oh, huh. I kind of skimped on the bottom
2: of it. No, but do you know what this is? This is when you're bringing your kid into school and they've got all the paintings <laughs> and drawings on the wall. This is one of them. <laughs> but but um,
1: uh, you know, I did like the fact that it just seemed to be uh, the cover was darker. I mm-hmm. like that. Uh, you know, they and you know, it was all right. I I just was. You know, I was happy to see some new Saxon when yes. this came out. Didn't know what to expect. I was hoping beyond hope that it wasn't, you know, another Destiny. Yes, I had known that that you know they had recorded for the first time. They went to Germany. They were they had some new people on board. That was supposed to be you know something a little bit different as well. So I thought, well, that's cool. They're not they're not under uh, you know an American production influence. They're yeah. not on. Under an English production influence, who's trying to be like an American production influence, and they also weren't going after any of the, uh, you know, the, like the South African super producers yeah. that were popular of the time either. Cool. So it it was,
2: I thought, pretty cool. I, yeah, but I think you got to look at it from a budgetary viewpoint as well. They probably couldn't afford to record in America or get any Hollywood oh, yeah. producers. Oh hell yeah! you absolutely right. So yeah. they had to record. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Not locally, but in Europe with maybe an unknown name. I'm right. not saying the production on this is... But I,
1: I think, you know... I. Bad, but... And again, you know, I got this coming off of Destiny. Yeah. And I was like, yes! Like, this is so much better. This is what I expected. You know, Solid Ball of Rock to me sounds like classic Saxon. You know, late classic stuff, you know, Power and the Glory, that era Saxon. Alter the Gods, great song. Yeah. I think Requiem holds up even today. I like that song. It's It's got yeah. an interesting time to it. It's 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 slow for a Saxon song. But for some reason, the damn thing is just very approachable. And I really like that song. Yeah. Um, you know, Lights in the Sky, I'm like, yeah, all right. I, I just can't get enough. That one there sounds very, very ACDC-ish. Yeah,
2: but... It, right, the guitar... The guitar the guitars on the guitars on this album yeah. i think they sound different on a lot of the songs yeah i think i just can't get enough the actual guitar sound sounds like early saxon you think so yeah on that track i do yeah um, all, yeah alter the gods i would agree yeah. good, great song <laughs> nigel glocker is back i think that's a big thing but Yeah. I, I can't think of the drummer's name that was on destiny but they've nigel back in the band all the fast songs on this are written written by the bass player alone which kind of was telling to me when I looked at it first. Like if you look at "Altar to Gods," mm-hmm. uh, where's the other one? Uh, oh, "Baptism of Fire." is "Baptism another fast of Fire." Yep. Yeah, he wrote that himself. Yeah. Um, I gotta say that the lyrics on this aren't great, though. You know, I think Biff mailed them in on someone are just a little bit cringeworthy. I, I'm not expecting a Shakespearean yeah sonnet from the guy, but I just <laughs> think you know a lot, a lot of cliches on it. Yeah. Um, I, the, the, the guitar sound on it and the overall production on it. It is a rock album. It's not like Destiny. It doesn't have as much keyboard on it. Yeah. Um. It's better than Destiny, but it to me it's still average. I don't think it has a lot of the, it's consistent songwriting on it. Yeah. It's got some really good tracks on it, but it's got some what I filler as well. Um. It's average. I'd call it an average Saxon album. Yeah. To me, it's like say rock the nations couple of great tracks a mm-hmm. couple of dove tracks I yeah know. um it's better than crusader and and, and uh and innocence but um uh, to me it's
1: it's only okay yeah i think you know i said i really like this when this came out the only failure for me on on this really was the overture in b minor refugee barbarian beaver that little interlude there That yeah. just all that reminds me of is there's a track on aerosmith's permanent vacation called the movie and mm-hmm. and they sound like almost the same. Okay. Um, but the movie is like a five-minute song. That's the track would uh, add They're speaking Irish in it. And um, <laughs> and then Crash Dive, I thought was was uh, very interesting in the fact that it's it's like classic sax in there with starting off with the bass, and the bass is very present in the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, and um, you know we'll continue along with that with the other ones too. But I I you know again you know, placing myself back to when I first heard this again, it was like, okay, great. They've, they finally realized what they do. Right. And now they have presented, you know, a pretty decent collection of 11 songs that are all pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm happy to listen to them. And for some of them, you know, they still carry over well live today.
2: What, what songs did they play? Like did they play Requiem. They, like, they've done. They? Yeah. They still yeah. do Requiem. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, every so often you get solid ball rock. But, um, yeah, it's, you know, like I said, I, I I was pretty pleased when it came out, and I still think it holds up today. It's got, for 91, it doesn't have... There's a lot of metal albums from that time period, 90, 91, 92, yeah. that all definitely show a, a place in time with their production. This one does have the elements of the 90s production, but it doesn't have that same... Like inherent lushness to it. It doesn't have a lot of reverb on it. it there's a, there's a lot of things that you know when you hear an album, you can kind of go, oh, I know when that was made just yeah. by the production. Yep. This doesn't really suffer from a lot of that, which is good. You know, so I I thought it was pretty cool. Let's play a track off of it, and we'll move on. So we come up to forever free. I think this one as far as as far as the cover. Very um very cool front cover.
2: Yeah, it is a good cover.
1: And and I look at this and it's funny because I've got it like sitting like right under the pile. But so you look at that bottom little picture. Yeah. Doesn't that remind you like crazy of Ordinogan?
2: Show me there. It's <laughs> uh yes. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. But uh, which
1: Odinorgan has a great great artwork on there. Don't tell anyone. (laughs) But even the even the back of it looks very much like a European power metal cover. It really does. Definitely. You know, there was nothing to me on this one that was that was like holy crap on it. But altogether taken, it was kind of like another step. It is another step. You know. I I think this one to me had a, a weaker collection of tracks on it. I think that it was weird for me hearing uh, them do an old blues tune with uh, "Just Wanna Make Love to You." I'll oh, get into that in a minute. Partly because I'm—I was so used to hearing that with uh, Foghat's version, okay, with Foghat Live—and I don't know, you know, over in Ireland, if that even like no. dented anything. No, but here that album was like Foghat's. Breakthrough it okay. was Foghat live. Okay, drives me crazy because the live is cut out on the cover, so you can see Foghat in the sleeve. Okay, and every time you would push it into your rack of albums, the damn letters would catch. Oh no! But I'm really good about it. But, um, but that was their big Foghat's big breakthrough, and one of the songs that was on there that was was just want to make love to you, and okay. that was so that was that was big here. So I think there's more Americans that don't even realize it's a Willie Dixon song; they think it's a Foghat song. But um, but yeah, but that out that one and uh, Full for the City and Slow Ride were like the huge huge songs that year. So that was kind of odd to hear that on here. And then I don't know, just this. See, this one I think definitely you start to get kind of more of that '90s production sound on. I think this one sounds kind of slicker. It's it's got heaviness to it, but it's it's it does it. I don't know what it is. It's
2: like it's like a mixed bag of, of stuff i don't I, I don't i think solid ball sounds slicker than this i you think do? this is more gritty yeah um i think this sounds a lot more like the the early saxon mm-hmm. than it does the late 80s yeah saxon. um it's definitely heavier yeah um again you know title track leads off it kind of leads off all their albums for like it's let off solid ball it's late off forever free yeah dogs of war metalhead killing Ground. You know the title track's is always the first track. Um, I like this. I, I like this album more than Solid Ball. Yeah. Um, I think the, the really the tracks that are are really good on this are really really good. I think they really stand out. There's one or two Duff tracks on this. Right. I'll get like Hole in the Sky" is a great song. Um, Iron Wheels I like. Yeah. Um, I think that's to do with where he's from mm-hmm. Um, the steel and and the coal. Yeah, I know the area in England that the band are from, so I know that's pertinent to them. Sure, and
1: he's and, and he's an absolute trained fanatic.
2: Yeah. So, I like that song. One Step Away, I think, has a guitar tone that's very similar to their early mm-hmm. stuff. Um, Night Hunter. Um, <laughs> I think they're very similar to Warrior. Do not like the, the vocal effects on it, though. Yeah. They kind of messed around with Biff's voice on that one. Yeah. Um, Cloud Nine. Yeah. Van Halen Brothers are back on that one. Not a fan. Um, Right, I just want to make love to you. Pure crap. (laughs) Um, Like, I can't understand after doing Right Like to Wint. Did someone go to Biff in the bar when he was drunk and said, you know what would be a great idea (laughs) if you did? I just want to make love to you. And Biff went, you know what? You're right. But it's probably, you know, it's very possible that
1: either... He was playing it in with his band at some point, or that Paul Quinn was playing it in his band. You know, okay, they were out doing it, it's very possible that they were playing this as a cover back in the day. Yeah, very
2: possible. That doesn't mean you put it on one of your albums. No, okay, it's not track one side one. Yeah. But it's, even when you listen to the Biff singing it, yeah. it's like, uh, one take, it's done, let's go on to the next track. Yeah, I, it's like, Every time I put that CD on, yeah. I track three, <laughs> skip straight it's a nine song album to me yeah yeah it's just a complete waste of time grind yeah rubbish yeah you think so rubbish I, I, it sounds like joe elliot was going to come in and sing make love like a man over it, if you listen to it it's absolutely terrible it's it's
1: funny that that you you mentioned van halen because that's the bigger overall sonic signature of this album is van hager era Fifty-one fifty. Think era. so, Van Halen. Yeah. Absolutely. To me, when when I hear "Can't Stop," well, when I hear "Can't Stop Rocking," mm. first it sounds like I can't drive fifty-five. All right. But then it has the production values that were put on fifty-one fifty. Yeah. It's it's the guitar tone, it's the phrasing, and it's that, and it's where that guitar tone, the tone of it, where it sits in the mix, and it's it's like this sounds like. Van Halen production, it just
2: does. I actually, I like Night Hunter. I, I, it's the, it's the, it's a good song. It's just yeah. they mess around with these vocals. Yes, on they it, do these it's effects. I don't like that. No, I don't. Yeah. I don't like that. I never really liked that on songs before.
1: And then Cloud Nine continues on with the bass. Mm. So again, second album in a row where the last song starts off with a kicking bass line. And again, I think that that's the biggest hallmark I think of early Saxon. Definitely. You know, so it's having, the rhythm section. Yeah, and having Dobby's bass yeah. out there and just doing that. Now there's there's a few other songs that are on, you know, between the solid ball and this one that start off with kind of that eighth note bass or sol- even just, you know, a solid bass, and you think, oh, great, and then it drops off. Yeah. The vocals come in, the rhythm section essentially disappears, and you're like, oh crap, where'd it go? Yeah. Like, you just, mm-hmm. you know, if you're an old saxophone, you're like, I need that bottom end thump, I, I want it, that's what I want to hear. Yeah. I don't know, it's interesting. I, I mean, it's a, it's a cool album, uh, I, I definitely, I know I like it, yeah. I like when I go back and pop it in, and it's just like, oh yeah, this song, and oh yeah, that song. Um, you know, is it the first one of the post Destiny era albums I will grab? No, it's not. I think they've even said on this one that they they probably should have stayed with the production team that they had for Solid Ball. And I think when they brought that production team back for the next one, yeah, it you know it all went back and started clicking again. Yeah, you know what I mean. I just think they should have just stayed with that. I mean, the executive producer stayed the same, but, you know, executive producer is one of those kind of wonky, okay, what does an executive producer mean to you kind of thing?
2: You know what I mean? He walks in and says, oh, don't like that? Walks out and comes back in. Yeah, you know, is it the guy that. that, Sometimes
1: it's just simply the guy that says, well, yeah, I paid for the freaking thing. So uh, I'm the executive producer. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's just some honorary thing. So it's hard to know what he did. Yeah. You know? I mean, I know what a producer does, and you know, a lot of times it can make a big difference. And I think you you do hear it on this one.
2: Yeah. You know. And the songwriting on this is more spread around. Mm-hmm. No, nothing is solely written by one member. Yep. Uh, which I think shows. And I, like you prefer Solid Ball, I think this is a better album than Solid Ball. Yeah. In person. Um, Paul Quinn, <laughs> Padwig again. Sorry, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> no picture on Solid this Ball. The one. Missing. This <laughs> is the one I'm thinking it is. No it wasn't this one,
1: all right. oh, yeah, okay, it wasn't this one, but you know, I I like I said, I mean, I think it was cool. I think things are starting to, to kind of roll around, yeah, you know, but but I do think that they are kind of a little bit under the influence of, of what they're hearing out there. And, and grabbing on to bits and pieces, or it could be just the production team is saying, "Oh, well, we, let's let's do this or let's do that," and they're just saying, "No, oh, all right, well, let's okay, fine, we'll do that," you know.
2: Yeah, I think as well, you, you have you got to look at a, a band like that on a small label. You know, an album for a Saxon album for EMI is not going to kill the label. Sure, a Saxon album for a small label like that. Yeah could kill it so maybe they might try and interfere a little bit more than they normally would yeah maybe i know they could interfere on emi as well which they did but just because they're on a small label doesn't mean that the label don't doesn't want to get involved sure. in it, you know yeah so but forever free definitely for me it's a better album they're trying to get back to their early sound doesn't succeed in all the tracks um i, I think that the the Guitar tone is a lot grittier, yeah, more dirty, yeah, um, which is what, what I want from a, a Saxon album. The rhythm section is starting to lock in now. Mm-hmm. N- Nigel Glocker is back again, I think he's a huge part of their sound. Oh, yeah, um, so I think, yeah, for me, it's a better album than Solid Ball,
1: yeah. I, I think that I think the thing is, I think they you know, they've resigned themselves. I don't know if resign is the right word, but they've you know, come to the conclusion of we were trying to get the wrong audience. We'll never get that audience. Our audience is this core fan base that that loved all the stuff that we stopped doing.
2: Yeah. Well, you yeah, know they're recording the albums. They're recording the albums in Germany. That's where yeah. they toured for the 90s Yeah. Well, I mean, the, I mean, this, this one It was in England. England. Yeah. I think Solid. What well, we have to Solid producers. Ball was, was Germany. Yeah. Um So I think they basically lived in uh, in, in mainland Europe. Yeah, for a lot of the '90s. Like are gods there still yeah. huge band.
1: And I think was this also the one that they did the the Motorhead tour too? Is that this album? Oh, I'm not sure. Yes, yeah. So this is the one they also did the uh, the Bombers and Eagles tour. Oh, which okay. Is classic. I that's, yeah. that's a that's a classic. Sex and tour. the Motorhead. Wow. And and yeah, I mean, you look at the then they did the Forever Free tour, and most of that, yeah, is all Hamburg. Dresden, Berlin, Hanover, yeah. Frankfurt. It's all...
2: Every bit of it is mainly um, in Europe. How many dates are in the UK are on that, if you don't mind?
1: Not a damn one.
2: Yeah, an English band. Yeah. That'll tell you how, what, what the English audience and the English promoters thought of them at the time. Yeah, that's... I mean, that's... must have been tough for them as well, being, being they're all from there, you know? It's yeah. like your own country turning back on you. Yeah,
1: but it's... I. I like I said, I, I think I think it was good, you know, it was good to see that like you start to see little elements come back in. Yeah, definitely. And and, and uh, which is always cool. hmm To roll something from forever free. So then we come up to Dogs of War. Now
2: we're talking.
1: Blew my freaking mind. Now we're talking. I mean, I think, again, this one here, they bring the production team from Solid Ball back in, which I think they realized they work well with those guys. Yeah. The title track right off the bat was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Just heavy. Like, yeah, and it was just holy crap. Mm-hmm. When, you, when you put this on, it was just amazing. There's some that are kind of kinda of misses for me. But then there's other things that are on here that that are just really, really good. To me, the most Saxon like song on this album as far as taking the best of old Saxon is uh Demolition Alley. Yeah, it's a fantastic song. The bass at the start of It, it just yeah. has all that all the elements. Yeah. And I think that when you refer to that classic sound of Saxon yeah. I think that song on Dogs of War is probably the one that captures it. Probably the most. I think "Give It All Away"
2: as well sounds yeah like early Saxon,
1: and then and then it's weird that you know again third song and third album in a row, "Yesterday's Gone," is again a song that starts off with a bass riff and rolls mm-hmm. through, and so it's like last song on the album, put the bass thing in there. So that was kind of uh, I was like oh gee three albums in a row they've done that yeah I I just thought that some of these things. Part of the, the the one that's on here
2: that's that's the grower, to me, is Great White Buffalo. That's a, I think that's a brilliant song. I think that's one of the best songs on it's, it's, it. Brilliant it's a brilliant
1: song. It is It has got, like, the weight of Black Sabbath on it. Yeah. It's got this just this doomy, just heavy weight. And you first listen to it, and you're thinking, God, this thing freaking plots. Yeah. Like, and and the next thing you know, you're like, God, I freaking love this song. And it's that's the that's like the real grabber, I think, is, is is
2: the one that just takes you by surprise. Yeah, I love the sound on this album. I think it's heavy. I think you can hear everything on it. Yeah. I think Biff sings really well on this. Um, I just think that compared to the other two albums, it's head and shoulders above the other two. Um, it's a band really finding their feet on this, on getting back to top form. Yeah. Um, one or two tracks on this don't really work for me. Yep. Um Don't Worry is a bit experimental. Yep. Um but like Dogs of War title track first up is the heaviest song, you know, on the heaviest title track on the other you know, it's heavy oh, yeah. the other two. Um you know, burning Wheels fast Saxon track. Yep. Um I just think that the want the thing that really hits home for me on this is again the rhythm section are back here um if i compared I'd, I'd, I'd use an analogy like you'd listen to solid ball in the car and you'd listen to forever free in the car this one would make you drive faster oh hell yeah you know yeah. so that's the analogy i'd use for this yeah um i love the album cover i think it's really it's uh, really you know it's pretty striking yeah um yeah i mean this there's a lot going on here, yeah,
1: and and it's really cool too because, you know, like you look at it and and then you see you know you see the four horsemen on there and stuff, and it all looks so ancient and tribal, mm-hmm. and then you know, you know, front and the bottom
2: you got this dude kneeling there with a machine gun, yeah. <laughs> it's like but what's I think, that? I think in the the inside it said it's the same guy did the Crusader cover, yeah. I think did this one. And i love the crusader cover i think the crusader cover is fantastic yeah so
1: yeah it's it's i think um there's i mean there's a couple of misses in here walking yeah. through tokyo yeah the start of it is a bit twee. You know. <laughs> um and which one was it i think it was i want to say hold on there's one it was hold one on of, is very commercial sounding yeah it's it's you listen to it and you go did brian adams write a saxon song because yeah. <laughs> because that's what it sounds like to me is it sounds like a like a brian adams song or yeah something that, that you know a marty frederickson or something else but someone like that would come up with it yeah just, that was kind of like what but you know it started off at dog's of War, that was like a damn declaration right yeah. there yeah well,
2: this one is just more more consistent mm-hmm. more consistently good yeah more than anything else whereas the other ones to me are a bit up and down you know quality wise yeah regards the songwriting and, and the sound but this one is miles heavier than solid ball and it's heavier than forever free as well
1: oh yeah 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 um, uh, i i think that they definitely on this one they decided yeah we know what we're doing yeah and and you know and you just see little bits of you know bits and pieces of like kind of the fallback of Maybe they're not quite ready to embrace the new millennium, Saxon. There's yeah. still a little bit of holdout happening there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Obviously, there's no ride like the wind on here, but
2: no, no covers. <laughs> but
1: there's, you know, still something like walking through Tokyo. Um, it's kind of a okay, you know, were they hanging out with Michael Monroe a little bit, and they mm-hmm. were, you know, decided they were going to do something that was more Hanoi Rocks or something. I, that was kind of those are the things that. that it throw me so you still kind of have this one last one before I unleash the east where there's still just a, a little bit of of back and forth
2: but yeah, just but, a bit of it yeah but even the songs we're talking about like walking through tokyo and you know hold on yeah they're, they're pretty good songs they're not crap songs you know right. what i mean like on, on the earlier releases we're talking about certain songs that are like grind and that they're just terrible songs yeah we're nitpicking here yeah in a way that we, we wouldn't <laughs> do on the other two um,
1: Maybe because you start off with Dogs of War and you just want the whole album to be that.
2: Yeah, well, a lot, well, a lot of it is. yeah, And some of it isn't. I think with Saxon, you, you never get 10 tracks that are entirely the same on any of the releases. Never. You're going gonna to get your fast song. You're going to get your ballady song. You know, they'll mess around a little bit. With the, you'll have your epic on it. You know, that'll be like seven or eight minutes long. You, you know what you're going to get with a Saxon album. You're not going to get uh, 10 like, speed metal tracks. Right. you might get one or two.
1: Right. I think as good as this is, I think part of what also... It's tough to match is that on those early saxon albums, at least for me anyways, you pretty much remember every darn song on there. Yeah. And you remember the riffs and you remember hooks and you remember choruses and Mm -hmm. they just pop into your head. Yeah. And... As good as uh, these songs are on here... You know, I never really have like Dogs of War popping in my head. You know, I the I'll I will on occasion I'll I'll the, the Solid Ball of Rock that title track has a really good hook. Yeah, it's got that classic old school Saxon hook to it, and that one just kind of pops into your head. You start singing it, and I think that's the I think that's the one difference with these is that there's nothing there that's that. Just that that hook, and 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 it could be just a matter of that's not a bad thing though. Do you well, know what I mean? I mean?
2: Like, you you put on an album like Solid Ball as an example, or like one or two listens, you you know, you might go, all right, I have it now. Whereas this is a grower. Yeah, you
1: know, yeah.
2: I'm not. I un, I understand what you're saying, but you know, there's certain songs on this that they they take a while to get in. Mm-hmm. The great riffs and everything, and you know, the chorus isn't immediate. And the production isn't as polished maybe as the earlier stuff. But um this to me is this is their best album since Power and the Glory. Easily. Their best album.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I I would.
1: And it's I you know, I guess part of it too is is probably goes back to that experience thing of, you know, how long ago that that I discovered Saxon, which is, yeah. you know, first albums mm-hmm. and, and stuff. So I think there's also that part of it too where Now, when you come into, this is what, 97 for Dogs of War? Yeah. And you think about the sheer amount of metal that you've crammed into your brain in that time space. Where you don't have to, you're not searching this out anymore. I mean, it's readily available. Maybe not on the radio or anything, but it's, there's lots of bands. You know where to go to buy this stuff. There's, you know, there's magazines that are covering it. And and you can... Not American magazines, but, you know, <laughs> but you can pick up a Kerrang! You can, you know, yeah. you can get, you know, other magazines and, and find out about this stuff, you know, Metal Hammer and stuff. But, so I think there's a little bit of a difference, too, where early Saxon, you were kind of hungry, you devoured that stuff. Mm. Here, this is competing with your attention for all kinds of other things, yeah. too. So, you know, you're, you know, at this point, you're you're looking, you're, you know, you've got things like Overkill, you've got things like Halloween, you've got all these
2: disparate things you can listen to well in 97 you would have had corn wouldn't
1: you yeah but you'd be ignoring that
2: i know but you know <laughs> what i mean you had them as well you had the did. new metal coming in well
1: that's what all the american magazines yeah. were covering yeah it was all the it was all the new metal so it now
2: was- I, i'm assuming saxon at this stage hadn't toured any of the last three cds in america no no okay no
1: pity and, and pretty much the only big tours that you were seeing in America at that point, they were new metal. It was all, it was like that. It was corn, it was Limp Bizkit, it was, you know, uh, it was Deftones, it, you know. And even even Summer Sanitarium <laughs> for that. I mean, that's what it was. It was like, it was Metallica and it was all, you know, pretty much a bunch of yeah. of new metal bands. For the second year, anyways, the, the first year they did have, what, they had, uh, Kid Rock was on there. I have to go back and look who else was on there. But I definitely enjoyed the first Sanitarium better than than the second one. Okay. But um, now I'm getting off Saxon and I'm onto Metallica. <laughs> it's easy to do. But uh, no, I, <laughs> but I agree with you. I think out of out of the the out of those, uh, this one is definitely.
2: Uh, it just as soon as you put it in, it just kicks you in the ass. Yeah, and of course, the big thing about this one is Graham Oliver. Well, yeah, this is
1: the last album. He's, he didn't play Pretty on much, it. not on this. Was well, not on. Are it. Taken off, yeah. See, the other thing, this is this is the one. But now, if you look in your sleeve, mm-hmm. so you, you look at the pictures. Yeah, I've got them. Okay, and hang on. So you look at that inside cover, you see that picture, right?
2: What have you got that for? Oh. <laughs> All right.
1: Does it not harken back to that? Yeah. So you look at not everybody in the band, but I mean I mean, definitely you, you look and you and you look at uh at nibs and and you look at Nigel. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that pops into my head is Metallica on the back of the load, load album. album. <laughs> and they're kind of doing this metal gangster kind of look and stuff i mean nibs never freaking looks like that no Uh, so it's 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 kind of weird to just to see it like that of course paul
2: quinn has got another bad mop on his head (laughs) (laughs) and
1: and yeah it's it's funny that you also get
2: everybody's facing front locker looks like lou reed (laughs) yeah he does doesn't he He doesn't like lou reed
1: (laughs) <laughs> but, it, but you look, and everyone's facing forward except yeah, for Graham.
2: Yeah, Graham is wondering what the hell's going on.
1: Yeah, yeah, and then... Oh yeah, now, who does... Paul looks like somebody there, too. I want to say he looks like one of the guys from Trickster.
2: Oh, God, no. <laughs> I'm sure he'd love now if you heard that. Yeah. Paul, <laughs>
1: don't treat me bad. Okay. But, uh, yeah, it's just funny. I mean, they just kind of... I mean, you look at it and you just go... It's reminds me the Load album, but yeah. even the blue color and all that, it's
2: just funny mm-hmm. that they so, have it. A- so the Graham Oliver thing then, I, I remember watching the movie and it was like, h- how he could think he could get away with signing off on a live album. Yeah, and yeah. the other guy's not hearing about it. Yeah. It baffles me. Um, I'm sure that's not the be all and end all of why he, he's not in the band anymore. Yeah. But... To go ahead and do that, something, something must have sparked that. Um, and, you know, what, what do you think of it when you look back on it now?
1: Well, that's the. I mean, it's it's got that gray timeline. You know what I mean? That yeah. Like, was there stuff that happened on on this album that really caused his removal of the tracks? Yeah. And he was already feeling like, well, geez, I'm already on the outs. And i need to do something or you know so i think there's a there's always that that kind of history of uh, things kind of get blurred as well there's always the legalese
2: you're never going to hear about sure but um you know look the outside looking in and you, you watch the movie i i just think that they probably recorded the album the band heard what he'd done and just said, "Right, he's not on it. Take him off completely." Yeah, and we'll get the guy who was producing it to play, the gu- play guitar on it as well.
1: Yeah, you're not going to ever probably ever really know, right? Unless no. someone writes the book and, and somebody else writes another book, so you get two sides of the story. But you know, even to just to have to remove tracks, even at you know at that stage of the game for recording,
2: that I mean, that's an expensive proposition. I'm sure it is. You know? At that stage, are still are they still recording on tape or do we pro tools? Pro tools. Mm-hmm. No, they'd still be doing tape. Tape, yeah. so that, that's the expense of that. Yeah. Straight off, you can't just press delete on it. No, no. Computer.
1: So you're still, you know, pretty much, because yeah, we were still doing tape at that point.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, and around here, I mean, we we had just gotten to, to 16 track, you know, locally. So, you know, I'm sure they were, you know, doing bigger tracks there. And it was on, um, it was 16, but it was on... Um, on a dance, I, I, uh, I don't know. I don't think we'll ever know, really know the story, but its no. it does baffle me. Like, why you would just, you know, if it played out the way the movie says it played out, mm. why would you just poon yourself like that? When I don't know. You know. Especially when you see your band coming back and, and you're back doing the stuff that you probably like to begin with, not yeah. the commercial stuff and, and all of that. So um, it's interesting. Mm. But uh, yeah, so there you go. I mean, let's we'll play a track from Dogs of War. That's the the wrap up of our third segment of Saxon. So I hope everyone enjoyed it. So, what do you think? You still think Dogs of War? That's probably the oh yeah, definitely the Def- title oh, easily, right now. yeah,
2: <laughs> easily. Like it's not it's not even a close race. You know? Yeah, um to me, it's just so, solid ball. I said, average Forever Free, better album. Dogs yeah. of War, far better album. So, there's a definite progression there that the band are getting better with each release. Right. And, uh, and then they get really, really good. Oh yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> so, it's, it gets, it gets insane. It gets, like yeah, very it, it quickly. Gets pretty incredible. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, I guess I'm, I'm baffled myself that you know right now that I haven't listened to it yet. The fact that I've got the new one sitting here, you know, it isn't out yet. It's in my hands and I haven't listened to
2: it yet. Just even I can't believe uh, it either. <laughs> <laughs> it's in my back pocket. Don't tell him. But
1: uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to uh, you know to listen into this as well
2: yeah so but um,
1: and i'm looking forward to when we hit the next segment and do do the next next batch of them as well so i just think it's i think they're just still just an amazing band and, and definitely you know if you haven't thought about about uh picking up the new one yet um you know head up to to our our site you know and there's a big ass banner there if you want to get it right from the record company you know over in europe just click there it'll bring you right through and um you can find your way there, or you know, you can buy the domestic release as well, and you can get it from you know from Amazon, and they'll have what I got the vinyl and the regular jewel case version, Everything. and then there's a deluxe version that's got a second CD in it with uh,
2: five orchestral yeah covers of the early stuff.
1: Yep. So, which I mean, to me, will probably sound pretty cool. I, I did like the. Uh, the orchestral version of call to arms on call
2: to arms yeah that was, was good. pretty cool yeah it was good it was good. but the one thing i will say about saxon now if you're a young metal fan and you're looking at a band like that and you might think oh they're old hat
0: mm-hmm.
2: pick up some of their stuff their later stuff yeah you, you, like they're doing it better than bands after age still yeah and still every two years they come out with an album Solid, yeah, like, like, fantastic album, and I haven't even heard a new one yet. But like, the last five or six albums have all been incredible, they, so they I, have been. just not, you know, I, yeah, I, they're not going to disappoint me,
1: no. And and that's yeah, true, I mean, people that that kind of fell off the the Saxon wagon after Destiny and just wrote them off as done, like me. And then you, <laughs> you know, I like can you play someone something like well, you play like Lionheart and they're they're blown away, yeah, and you tell them that Saxon and they're just like. No way. There's yeah, just you,
2: no way that's actually... You look at the, um, the classic rock, the new issue of Classic Rock magazine that we both looked at. The, yeah. the guy reviewing that, and you, bear in mind, they are talking about a guy who works for classic rock, so they do anything from the 60s to now. Right. He thinks Lineheart is their best album. Yeah. So he would have heard all their stuff, and he still thinks that the list is the that best. There's a lot of people that do.
1: It is it is an amazing release. It really is, yeah. you know? But, uh, you know, I don't want to jump ahead to that yet. <laughs> Save it. All right, so I guess that'll be a that'll be a wrap for uh, for this week's episode. Hope you enjoyed it. So, uh, focus on metal. This is Scott Richie. We'll talk to you again next week. And until then, remember to focus on metal. Everything else is insignificant.
0: here? It's over. Go home.